Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about committing to you from day one. Body Armor's got you and here to help you commit to your fitness goals. Buy any Body Armor products at your local store and Body Armor will give you 50% cash back to put towards your fitness journey. Now through March 31st, commit to fit with Body Armor Sports Drink. Visit www.bacommittofit.com for full rules. And shop now at retailers nationwide. Hey there! Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Quality of Life show. You know, every third Wednesday, we get to talk with Dr. Jackie Ubani, or I should say Jacqueline Ubani, uh, about heart health. And Dr. Jackie, we call her Dr. Jackie because she is Dr. Jackie. Yeah, she is a board-certified cardiologist and electrophysiologist. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Women and Heart Disease, The Real Story. And I encourage you to go to her website, Women and Heart Disease Book. She's on Facebook as well. And of course, you can get on Amazon, all those great places. But her website again is womenandheartdiseasebook.com. So welcome back, Dr. Jackie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, Nancy and I always have our, you know, fun with you. I know it's, it's, it's a serious topic, but somehow we managed to have fun doing this. You know, it's, it's a big deal. And when we talk about heart health, heart disease, heart attacks, um, the effect, how many people like, isn't how, when we look at cancer, where, where are we like heart, heart disease versus cancer in regards to those numbers? Yeah. Heart disease and stroke, because they're usually both considered to be cardiovascular disease remain the number one killer, uh, of people in the United States, um, <laughs> much more common than cancers. Um, wow. You know, wow. When you talk when we think about breast cancer, in women, we say that uh, cardiovascular disease is six times more likely uh, to cause death in women than, you know, breast cancer. So overall, wow. cardiovascular disease is number one in terms of uh, mortality or death rates. It, it's wild. You know, we've been doing these shows with you for years, and you, you like bringing us back to those numbers each time is still like a mind-blowing thing. I mean, as a doctor, yeah. do you feel that too, like every day, like? Dude, like yeah, everybody, reverse your lifestyle right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a mind, it's mind blowing. But like you said, something that can easily be reversed with uh, lifestyle changes that's still causing a lot of deaths. Um, mm. It just means that we need to do more education. Uh, and we need to teach people uh, so that hopefully they can live a better life and a longer, um, a longer life with few complications. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we want to be able to walk that, you know, hill, like walk up yeah. the hill or, you know, play ball with our grandkids, you know, things like that, you know, just yeah, some general, exactly. we don't want to have general. that, um, you know, we don't want the health to get in the way of happiness, you know, yes. so you want a good yeah. quality of life, you know, towards the end. Absolutely. Good quality of life. So you mentioned strokes, and that's something we're going to really focus in today is strokes and heart health, heart disease. And so, like, I want to go, like, which comes first? 
I know the chicken or the egg, right? Which comes first, <laughs> the stroke or the heart attack? Like, if, so, and what are, like, what, let's, let's just break it down. What is a stroke and what is a heart attack? I mean, because Nancy, isn't it true? Everyone we know that have had a heart attack, they've had a stroke or a stroke and they've well, had a heart attack. Well, it's hard to say. We did witness um, one person having couple um, yeah. what we thought was a heart attack, but turned out to be, uh, I guess, a stroke. I'm, we're still not sure because we were, and um, um, we couldn't understand everything that the doctors were saying, but um, he did grab his chest and he did fall over. But um, so I don't know, because like I say, we were in Mexico and we couldn't understand everything that was going on. But I think, um, I don't know. I mean, everything's so closely related, your heart and your brain. And if you don't get oxygen or blood flowing through your body, I think it does damage in a ton of different ways when you have a stroke or a heart attack. Absolutely, absolutely right. So we can start off by talking about a, a stroke. So what what happens with a stroke is that you have the blood vessels that supply the brain uh, with the mm-hmm. oxygen and nutrient it needs uh, gets mm-hmm. clogged up. It can either get clogged off by cholesterol buildup mm-hmm. or a blood clot. So basically it clogs off so the brain doesn't get enough oxygen and um, nutrients, and then that part of that brain dies. So all Mm -hmm. the function associated with that part of the brain then doesn't work, and that's why you get Mm -hmm. symptoms of stroke. Now, heart attack is also a similar kind of thing. Uh, The blood vessels that supply the heart with all the uh, oxygen and nutrients it needs to function normally also gets blocked, and this blockage can happen with either cholesterol building up within the vessel or blood clot being uh, thrown, quote-unquote, thrown into that vessel and clogging it up. So when that happens, again, that tissue associated with the heart or or that tissue that gets supplied by that blood vessel also dies, and so the heart then doesn't function very well, and that's the definition. So very similar. So it's basically if you have a high cholesterol or a lot of those risk factors that increase your risk of forming plaques Mm. in your arteries, then you are at high risk for having a stroke or a heart attack. So really, we go back to the clogged drains. I know we talked about that a couple shows ago. Like I said, like, look at your, your vessels, your veins. And it's like, you know, when you do the dishes and you've been cooking up a bunch of bacon and you have all that grease, if you put it down your, yeah. your sink, you know you're going to have to call the plumber. So exactly. That, exactly. that's what that's could exactly happen. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly. That's a good analogy, actually. It's kind of like a clog over time, that's just, or, or your drain clogging up slowly over time with the cholesterol buildup. You know, you, you get um, less and less water being able to drain at a quicker and quicker time until it completely occludes, and that's exactly what happens with a heart attack and a stroke in the blood vessels in the brain or the blood vessels in the heart. Now, did I do good saying bacon grease? (laughs) (laughs) Bacon grease can be a reason. Uh, Cholesterol and fat, um, you know, when it's been sitting in the blood vessel, it just forms these clogs. So it's kind of like a clogged uh, drain. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so that's exactly what happens. So so is it then 
if you're gonna if it's a heart attack, the clog is is close to your heart. If it's a stroke, yes. it's close to your brain. Yes, it's the blood vessel in the brain. Okay. So, yeah, so when that part of the brain stops functioning, then you have the signs and symptoms. We can talk really quickly about some of the signs and symptoms of yeah. the stroke. I know yeah. you guys have heard of that acronym mm. called BFAST, mm. B-E-F-A-S-T, that helps you, you know, quickly think about whether you or the person that you're with is having a stroke. And B mm. starts, stands for balance, when the person is, uh, is losing balance or coordination. E mm. is for eyes, um, the person is experiencing double vision uh, or unable to see out of an eye. F stands for face, when one side of the face is drooping. Mm-hmm. Uh, A stands for arm, uh, when the arm is weak and you're not able to raise your arm. S stands for speech, when a person starts to slur their speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and T is time. Time means call right away if you notice any of these symptoms happening in a patient. So all these symptoms are happening because that portion of the brain that normally uh, does these functions is no longer working. So you experience these symptoms. And that does a heart. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Nancy. Oh, I was going to say, does the person actually have within themselves? Do they have some kind of inkling or warning sign that they can recognize that? I mean, I, I understand you could be watching someone else and go, oh, that's stroke or that's a heart attack. But the person themselves that's suffering from this, is there something that tells them, hey, you're in trouble? Well, not until they start having symptoms, um, okay. not until they have symptoms, because, you know, as the clog is slowly forming, you know, the, the brain is able to compensate. But once it completely shuts off, um, oh. then these symptoms happen. So, so usually patients are aware, you know, they're trying to talk and nothing's coming out, you know, or mm. their speech is slurred or somebody's watching them and they're just not quite acting right and, you know, they feel like something is not quite right. Um, so, yeah, so some so people know when, when this is happening most of the time. Um, so, it may not be oh. able to articulate it, but if you know, if you know these warning signs, you see it, or you have somebody else with you that's having these signs, you need to call nine one one right away. Mm. So mm. the heart attack versus stroke thing, because a heart attack is different. It and it's going to be different between men and women. With stroke, stroke is the same for men and women. It's the same kind of symptoms that men and women have. Yes, mm. but a heart attack is different. Right. So yeah, a woman doesn't yeah, women, hold her chest or any of that. Yeah. Women may not necessarily have the tip, the classic symptoms. We all know the classic symptoms of, of, of heart attack, which is the squeezing chest pain because mm. that tissue in the heart is not getting oxygen. So it hurts. And um, so the, 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 the classic sign is the chest discomfort radiating down the arm or up the neck, you know, and sometimes women, don't have that, those symptoms. Uh, women can have um, very nonspecific symptoms, which then goes to the pathophysiology of the heart attack. Men tend to have the heart attacks where you have the plaque ruptures and it's acute, and women tend to have more uh, small vessel disease, which kind of presents differently. But overall, most people do present with chest pains. Um, 
uh, in shortness of breath, um, but a, a, a certain fraction of women may not necessarily have the classic symptoms associated with heart attacks. So it's very important to be aware of that. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. What about blurred vision? That's what I've seen with, you know, high blood pressure and things like that where people get blurred vision? Yeah. So one of the things that can cause a stroke is high blood pressure. Again, Mm -hmm. when your pressure is very high, you're not getting enough oxygen uh, to the brain. And so the portion of the brain that deals with, you know, proper function of the eye isn't working well. So people can have double vision or blurred vision. So if you're, you know, if you're having high blood pressure and you're having these symptoms, uh, that's definitely of concern. It means that, you know, you really need to work to get your blood pressure down because you are or maybe close to having a stroke. So, so that you can have... Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, so, you know, with a stroke, like I said, it's because you're not getting enough oxygen. Um, but if you're able to open up that artery quick enough, a person can recover 100%. Um, but if that that artery doesn't get open quick enough, that tissue can die because we say if tissue hasn't gotten oxygen in you know ten minutes or something like that, mm. the tissue completely dies and and um, it's non-reversible. So oh. that's why it's important to make sure you call nine one one as soon as you're having these symptoms because you can go to the hospital and get intervention and have that artery opened up and that tissue has a potential to recover and you can actually go back to normal. Okay. But if you don't recover and it becomes dead tissue, does that, what happens to the tissue and what happens to you? I mean, yeah, like, so you it, lose that function completely. You completely lose that function. So you, you know, your slurred speech or, or garbled speech will stay will there. Never return. Yeah. It'll stay there. If it doesn't get back, your weak arms will, will continue to be, you know, you'll never re- recover function of, you know, the arm and, and those kinds of things. So that's why but there, so there's some people who go th- have a stroke and then they go through therapy and kind of get back right through that. Yeah. So so it, how does right, that work? So long-term therapy, you can, you can go to physical therapy. I mean, it's, it's probably not going to be normal like it was prior to the stroke, but definitely you can regain some function and uh, be able to carry on with your normal activities. but So this is why it's want... important that, that people do actually have the I've fallen and can't get up little beepy thing, you know. Yeah. Because if, if you're like, if, you know, if you're elder and you're living alone, the chances of you calling 911 is pretty slim, right? Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of, it's important. But yeah, I know so many younger people having strokes lately, and I wonder what that's from. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, in their 40s, why are people having yeah. strokes in their 40s? I mean, it's, well, how, I mean, did their pipes get full fast or what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, these risk factors that we always talk about with heart disease, which is the same for stroke, 
we're seeing that in younger and younger people here in the United States. You know, some of the risk factors like obesity, decrease, you know, not exercising much, um, smoking, you know, mm-hmm. excessive amounts of uh, alcohol, having high blood pressure. High blood pressure is a big risk factor for stroke, having high cholesterol. So we're seeing these in younger and younger people, and it may account for the for the fact that we're seeing, you know, that we're seeing, you know, uh, these symptoms in younger and younger people. So again, lifestyle changes also applies to stroke because if you can keep all those things at bay, you really decrease your risk of uh, of having a stroke. So now let's go back to the chicken and the egg. What comes, I mean, because it seems to me like I have friends that have had both uh-huh. and some are not, not here to talk about it anymore, unfortunately. And so does, does one kick off the other or like once you have all those symptoms and you've kind of pushed your body to the max, you're basically going to end up with both? Like, how does that happen? Um, one doesn't necessarily kick off the other, but having one increases your risk that you have the other because we're talking about risks in general. So if you're obese, you have high cholesterol, you have a high chance that cholesterol is going to form plaques in an artery. So whether the, mm-hmm. whether the arteries, the brain artery or the heart arteries, it's, it's going to form somewhere. So it's going somewhere. So you expect to get one or the other or both. Um, so it's about your risk factors. So if you have the risk for, if you have hypertension, if you have high cholesterol, you have diabetes and you're obese, you're not exercising, you increase your risk of having both because the arteries, the, the plaque can form in any of the arteries. So, so, where does, not, so it's not that you have a heart attack that then causes you to have stroke, but it's the fact that you have these risk factors that increase the risk of clogging your arteries. So it can clog any artery in the body. So, so where does the, the brain or... Where does the uh-huh. plaque come from? What is the plaque that you use to talk about plaque? Like we know about plaque on your teeth. And if you don't brush your teeth, it's... <laughs> so right. So it's like cholesterol and fat. So when you eat all these high cholesterol meals and fatty meals, it forms like clots, you know, or plaques in your arteries. So just like you talked about baking grease that Mm -hmm. goes down the brain and clogs Mm -hmm. and forms hard clogs, that's exactly what the cholesterol does in your blood vessel. It forms hardened plaques. Um, just by sitting there and being in the blood, it attaches to the blood vessel and it just forms these clogs. And so, you know. It's just like why we have to soak dishes when we cook, right? So if you're cooking, (laughs) yeah, you that hard rim. It's that hard rim We have to soak a lot of stuff. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is is how I know all of this. It's like, okay. Yeah, well, I don't cook bacon very often. It's I've done it once in the last 10, 15, 20 years because I, I did it, but I was like, oh, wow, that's like, a, yeah. Like when you see how much fat comes off of that, yeah. Like seriously, yeah, exactly. I am like, I understand when people exactly. look at certain foods and go, that's a heart attack waiting to happen. I'm like, holy yes, cow, exactly. but you better not be putting all that down your chest. Like, seriously, I've got Dr. Jackie sitting there on my shoulder, but <laughs> you're filling it up. You're filling up those pipes. Yes, it's, not it's, just good. Really, but, it's just really salt. But really, it doesn't go down. So like, so let's just go back to the pipe system. So, you know, if you keep putting stuff, then it, the pipes, the grease hardens on the pipes, which is it your, hardens, your valves, exactly. right? Starts right. hardening. And so we don't have Drano. We haven't come up with Drano for no. humans. 
Well, that's mm-hmm. what they'll do to you when you actually get to the ER. Oh, we don't. They oh, give you okay, quote unquote Drano. What was that? Oh, I don't want the Drano, Drano from the hospital. <laughs> they're going to give you <laughs> Drano. <laughs> so no, so they give you quote. I call it quote unquote Drano. It's not Drano, but it's a clot buster. Yeah. You call it TPA. So when you get to the hospital, they give you this TPA, whether it be through your arms or directed or directed at the clogged artery, and that dissolves the clot and opens it up. So, so that's why you need to get there quickly so that that can be done. So what is it actually that dissolves the clot? What is it? So... Um, so it's this, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's hard to explain in layman's terms. Yeah. Just take it's my vinegar and baking soda, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Vinegar and baking soda and hot water for your drains. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it, it will dissolve the plaque and open up the artery right away. So is it, it sounds like it's medicine or like a, a bunch of different yes. chemically yes, things? Yes, it's like a medicine. Yeah. So that's not when you do the big kaboom, kaboom thing, the electrophysiology kind of kaboom thing thing where I'm going to put irons on your chest and you're going to jump up kind of thing. No, 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 that's not, no, no. Doing that, shocking the heart into a normal rhythm. You you could have a bad rhythm as a result of having your arteries clogged um, and then they'll have to shock you out of it. But ultimately, when you're having a heart attack, which is defined as blockage in the arteries, the arteries need to be reopened. And, um, you know, for the brain, you can give that clot buster, the TPA. For the heart, we actually have procedures called angiograms or, or percutaneous uh, coronary angioplasty where they actually put a balloon in that artery, balloon it open um, to allow wow. the vessel to open up and allow blood to flow through. Wow. And so like, okay, so that's amazing stuff to do that. Yeah. It, it's like, I've seen those. What was that? It, it, the balloons are rubber, like a real balloon? Like yeah, a it's like a balloon that opens up and expands. So they put a wire through that little, the teeny little opening and they inflate the balloon and it just opens up the vessel. Wow. And then they put a stent there to keep it open. Oh, so that's what the stent is like, kind of like a little peg. Yeah, keep it open. And people can keep, so people go, when I hear people say, oh, I had a stent put in. So it stays in their heart, like to keep it open. Like it's like a little prop it open door thing. Yes. Yeah. So it's like a mesh. It's like a little metal mesh that it's, yeah. So they balloon it up open and then they put the stent to prop it open. I bet that hurts. Like after the painkillers and stuff that later. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. You move that part of your body. Really? They don't typically feel what hurts is when they initially balloon it because when you balloon it, you don't get any mm-hmm. oxygen to the pieces of your heart. And usually when patients are having this procedure, they're under sedation anyway, so they mm-hmm. probably they don't. don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wow. once they, you put that on, you, you 
typically cannot feel uh, the stents in your heart. So when you do electrophysiology side of things, like are you doing things that's not just the shocking of things open, like you're doing, like it's interesting to me about the electro thingy, like, okay, can tell I'm not a doctor, but like we've talked <laughs> to uh, psychiatrists and stuff talking about like when they used to zap people's heads, like in mental health things, like, you know, bing, bing, uh-huh. like zap, zap, and um, it looks terrible, right? But they're saying that it's still used today in a better way, but it really has produced really positive results. It's not like this archaic thing. We, we There are some really big positives. So I'm wondering about these electric currents and how they help our body because we do create our own electricity. So it is kind of natural that we're using electricity because, I mean, we zap ourselves all the time just from kinetic energy and static energy and whatever, but we do create electricity. So it's kind of interesting to me that it's all connected in a way, right? Or am I just on my own little trip? (laughs) Yeah, no, No, we we do. We do need electricity for the heart to function normally. It's um, the electricity that, that garners the energy that the heart needs to generate that pump so that blood can be pumped to the rest of the body. But sometimes the electrical conduction is, is abnormal. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we need electricians because electric, electrical connectivity in the house is, is abnormal and needs to be fixed. So you can have, you know, abnormal electricity, and that's where I come into play. I come and help fix that abnormal activity so the heart can, you know, beat normally and, and pump blood normally and overall function normally. So it's like our so, pump, our backyard pump, like, and you have a little fountain, and if the pump doesn't work, then everything gets dirty and clogged. And there you go. Now you're going to have a stroke yeah. or a heart attack. You don't want that. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so are, right. there, are there times like, okay, so now we understand that the veins get clogged. So you're not getting enough. The arteries. The new, arteries. The arteries. Oh, not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the arteries are, are the vessels that supply the organs with the oxygen and nutrients it needs. Vein takes the the oxygenated blood away from the organs, the arteries take it to the organs. So it's the arteries, when they get clogged, that's where the problem okay. is. Oh, that's, okay. That's good I love know. this. This is like, we're in like medical school with Dr. Jackie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we um, have to dumb it down to houses and pipes. I like it. <laughs> this is cool. So, so is there something that gives you a premonition that, something's wrong with your arteries i mean long before you have a heart attack or you have a stroke because there's something that tells you like um if you have high blood pressure if if you have low blood pressure um, for heart attacks if if the if the clog is building slowly you may have some symptoms symptoms we call angina and those happen, you know, you start to have symptoms with physical activity. First of all, it starts off with, with uh, you know, heavy exertion uh, that causes mm-hmm. chest pain. And then it starts to get worse in that you start to do minimal and minimal physical activity. And then you start to have symptoms. And this is because, you know, when you exercise, you definitely need more blood flowing through the right. heart. And that's yeah. how you're able to supply the rest of the body and function. But when that artery is starting to get clogged, it's not able to supply the body or the heart with 
the amount of oxygen it needs to sustain uh, mm-hmm. heavy exertion. So your your body warns you that this is happening by causing chest pain and preventing you from being able to do these activities. So it mm-hmm. starts off with you not being able to do heavy exertion, and then as it gets worse, you know your your physical capacity level continues to drop. Um, and hopefully you're able to, you tell your doctor before it gets to a, to a bad point. But once mm-hmm. you start noticing that your physical exertion level is not the way it used to be and something that happens more acutely, um, you really need to let your doctor know because uh, that could be a warning sign that there's something wrong. Does it have anything to do with your thyroid glands at all? No. No. Okay. It's unrelated mm. to thyroid glands. Yeah. Well, okay. it seemed like everybody suddenly, all the women I know, like in, in their mid to late mid years, were like, mm. oh, I have a thyroid problem. I have a thyroid yeah, that's why problem. That's like, that's why I'm overweight. And I'm like, everybody's kind of saying that. Like, so I'm just going to walk around and say, I have a thyroid. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what's hard. No, because it is true. We hear that a lot about the thyroid. Well, yeah, the, the thyroid deals with the. The metabolism deals with your, you know, metabolism of the body. And mm-hmm. if your thyroid is really low, uh, you, you know, your met- metabolic rate is low and you, you tend to gain weight, you know, you can't lose weight as mm-hmm. quickly. Um, but you should get your thyroid fixed and that shouldn't be a reason to not do physical activity and, and get your heart healthy. Uh, you need mm-hmm. to, you know, fix your thyroid by taking medications or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um because even though you have a thyroid problem and if you gain weight, you can still have a heart attack. But if you have a thyroid issue, then you take care of your thyroid issue. Um, yeah, so overall, that you don't you gain should, weight. Yeah. yeah, so you don't gain weight, so you don't have heart disease. Yeah, so but now, so, yeah, because, I mean, your body's all related, one organ to the other. If one you know, something yeah. goes wrong on this side, eventually it's going to go wrong on the other side. <laughs> It's a big traffic yeah, jam, yeah. I'm telling you. It's a big traffic jam of what's going on in our veins, it's, arteries, it's like and pipelines. The, it's like Interstate 5. I know. Like, especially if sometimes you're in Sometimes you can move and sometimes you Jeez. just sit. So, so, but I want to go back to the strokes because I think it used to always be men who had strokes. Now we're seeing more women. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just me thinking that or, They're just quiet I mean, like I say, younger people and I'm seeing younger women too. But what about these mini strokes that people are having that they didn't even know they really had a stroke? Do you know what I'm talking about with that? Like people like seem to have like tiny strokes, like that they just don't know that they almost like tiny mini seizures in a way. Right. And they didn't realize it. They didn't realize. So sometimes, so it can go, it could be, because you would have to, you know, I'd have to, each case might be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to examine each patient to determine what it is that they have. But sometimes you can have, um, you know, blood clots, you know, throw, you know, your, your body, your heart can flip a blood clot up to the brain that causes just transient symptoms that resolve when the blood clot either dissolves or moves on. So you can have a transient episode of, you know, these stroke-like symptoms where you have blurry vision for just a few minutes or what have you, or your arm going weak, your facial droop for just a few minutes, and then it completely resolves. Um, So we call that transient ischemic attack, or TIAs. And those are just mini-strokes because they resolve for whatever reason. Um, Oh, wow. So, yes, that is possible. So, like, when when my friend died, when he he was taking a shower and um, at a blood clot thing he had was really sick with the flu and then 
this is what I all I know though. And then he passed away. He died from it. Hit a clot yeah. that went up. So that would be like a stroke. Like if you died from a blood clot thing, that would basically be a stroke, right? In some form. Well, it depends on where the blood clot went. It, yeah. If it um, went to the brain, then yes, yeah. that would have been. It would have to be like a major stroke. If it goes wow. to the heart, it can cause a heart attack. And the other place that it can also go is to the lung and cause what we call a pulmonary emboli. And if it's oh. a big enough yeah. emboli, a person can die from that. Yeah. Wow. And, and also, whatever happens to your lungs, it affects your heart, right? Also, I yeah. think if you, yeah. if you slip and fall in the shower and you hit your head, yeah, that, that can cause a lot of things i mean yeah if you bleed yeah if you bleed into your head um mm -hmm. it can also cause damage to the tissue and that would be an, a different kind of stroke called a hemorrhagic stroke whereas you know the typical strokes not typical but one type of strokes where you get the blood clots or the plaque formation um mm -hmm. it, it, the stroke happens because you don't have oxygen to that part of the tissue but the other kind of stroke is when you actually bleed into mm -hmm. the tissue. And the tissue in the brain doesn't like that at all. And mm -hmm. that can destroy the tissue and cause symptoms that are similar to a stroke or that are from a stroke uh, because that tissue is not functioning normally. So, yes, you can have different kinds of strokes, whether it's hemorrhagic from falling, hitting, bleeding into it, or mm -hmm. what we call ischemic from lack of oxygen. Different strokes for different folks. No, but I mean, seriously, it's, no, yeah, but it's a bit it, different. I don't mean it lightly, but it is, it seems yeah. like here's the stuff we can prevent. And then there's the accidental stuff, like what happened yeah, with my friend. Yeah. He did slip in the shower. Boom. There we went. And, and I, I don't say that lightly. Um, Cause if I, I can only, I have to deal with it in humor, but no, it's, but, it's, yeah. um, it's, it, I mean, I mean, all of this is heavy stuff because so many of us have friends, family that have, or personally yeah. gone through something like this. So it's, it's, you know, strokes and heart attacks are traumatic to the individual and the family and the friends. Absolutely. It's just, it, it ripples through. So sorry if I have some humor, because to me, we've got to lighten it up a little bit because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to have a show where we feel we're all going to die, but we all want to be inspired to do the reversal that Dr. Jackie's talking about because an accident is an accident, right? Right. So that's one right. side of it, stroke, uh, heart attack. Like, look at the school shooting in Texas, you know, and the one, you know, the husband of the one teacher, he died right after her, like, just, like, had a heart attack. We've talked about that on shows, Dr. Jackie, where people can just have a heart attack out of severe yeah. grief, right? So that's severe, different. Yeah. You can't reverse that. You can reverse. Think, yeah. So, well, so somebody like that probably has risk factors for heart disease. I, I don't know his history, oh. but more than likely he had some risk factors. Right. And so extreme emotional stress mm -hmm. can just push you over the edge um, for something that was coming. If, if you're in an extreme emotional state, doesn't your body emit like more chemicals than normal and, and everything's on high alert? This is like yeah. flight. Fight or flight. Exactly. You have all these uh, adrenaline hormones uh, moving around, which then can cause rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, and, and can trigger uh, a heart attack in a patient who has risk factors for, for a heart attack. 
and that you know that's most likely what happened with this 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 uh, this person. But I don't know because I, I have never right, I have right. not reviewed his his re- record. But I will assume that that's probably what happened. Although wow. he could, there could be other reasons for his heart attack as well. But um, it's sad. I was I would yeah I would guess that's that sad. that's probably what happened. Yeah, it's wow. very sad. Very sad. When so. when you think about this. Do you, um, when you, when you think about these kind of, you know, one-off episodes where someone has these issues, like they, they have a, like a, it, can the, it can high blood pressure, like an immediate high blood pressure incident do that? Can Not that immediate, immediate, usually chronic long-term high blood pressure. Um, I mean, if you get it high acutely, you, maybe you'll bleed in your brain because the pressure is too high, uh, but more more often it's it's high blood pressure over prolonged periods of time that that can cause that. Wow! So it, it can it has to be kind of there, so it's not just yeah. So wow. yeah, so someone can have high blood pressure and not know that they have it because we say that hypertension is a silent killer. You can have it for a long period of time, and your first manifestation of it is the stroke that puts you in the hospital. Wow. Wow. Well, I think I want to go take a good jog and eat some salad for dinner and even forgo <laughs> the five ounces of wine tonight. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't want to because it's scary because sometimes, you know, there's, I think what, what's scary, let's, let's talk about this part because it is the scary part. You can have a stroke and come out of it basically not functioning with yeah. your speech, your your body movement. So you may yeah. actually at that point end up having to be in full-time caregiving or have a full-time yeah. caregiver or something. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, okay, I had a stroke and now, you know, had a scary time in the hospital, take some medicine and change yeah, my diet. Exactly. You can actually be completely, you de- there's the word, yeah. Yeah. yeah, requiring a, a feeding tube to be fed, requiring a breathing tube in your neck to breathe. Yeah, it can be debilitating. You know, you go, if this happens to you in your 40s or 50s, I mean, what kind of quality of life will you have after that? Not very good. So, yeah, well, be some, people that I, some people I know, they had a series of young and eventually the third, they just kept having these strokes and then she passed away young yeah you know it's a very it's it's just hard to see women at a young age go through that you know you just it's you try to make a how did that happen you know and and the caregiving part and watching people go through that with a stroke is hard and hard for the patient you know hard for the person going through it but then some people can just die right that's the other part yeah go through a stroke and you either come out of it or you are debilitated or you move on up you yeah. know Absolutely. and then same for a heart attack would that same for a heart attack so can a heart attack make you be in a position where you need a caregiver yes if if you have a major part we rarely see that these days because we're we have such 
excellent therapy for for heart attacks and people come to the doctors like you know they they get the medical attention right away um but it can happen if a significant portion of your heart is damaged uh from it you can have severe heart failure which can be debilitating mm. so now have, the other can cause valvular problems as well yeah we've talked to before like some heart disease is hereditary and so you want to know, like, you know, a lot of people that do this, um, you know, their DNA for whatever, through whatever company, I can't, 23andMe, I think it is, and what, all those places, a lot of times they're doing it for their medical history. It's really hard if you're adopted, you know, to find what your medical history is from your past. If you've got diabetes in your family, cancer, and you talk about mm-hmm. heart disease too, but like having a stroke does that travel through your family or is if you have heart disease in your family, you need to know that you're already like on the list for that. Like if you have heart disease, it's a possibility for stroke. Yeah. So it's mostly, you know, risk factors when it comes to uh, a stroke, the same kind of risk factors with heart disease. And when you talk about family history, I guess if you have a family history of high cholesterol, then yes, you would be at risk, um, well, so mm. you would have to keep your cholesterol, uh, your blood cholesterol level in, in check. So just, we all have to just do it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Mediterranean <laughs> diet and diabetes. lifestyle. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. Everybody I mean, studies I... show you can reduce mm-hmm. your risk of a heart attack by up to 80% by implementing these simple lifestyle changes. And this is true. This is definitely a true statement. So no smoking. Yeah. No smoking, no drugs. So So quit smoking if you do. Exercise. You want to at least do moderate amounts of exercising. You know, we said 150 minutes a week. Moderate amounts of alcohol, which we said one glass for women, one glass of a five-ounce glass a day. If you have hypertension, diabetes, or high cholesterol, you want to make sure you uh, you regulate that. You want to try to maintain a you know a healthy weight, um, and yeah, and those kinds of things. Exercise, and the Mediterranean diet is an excellent way. We have a lot of data that shows that it can reduce your risk for heart disease because it encompasses not just eating healthy, heart healthy items, it also encompasses um, exercising and lifestyle changes and walking. Taking walks, all that good stuff and meditating and chilling out, you know, so it's good (laughs) stuff. And everyone, uh, Dr. Jackie's in the most recent issue of Eat, Drink, Be Merry magazine, our big blend, Eat, Drink, Be Merry magazine. You can check that out at blendradioandtv.com and her other interviews and articles there too. But most importantly, go to womenandheartdiseasebook.com and get her book, Women and Heart Disease, The Real Story. Uh, Really, she she breaks it down and and, and there's stories in there sharing examples, uh, true examples of what heart disease looks like. And, um, you know, especially for women, because like you were saying earlier, it doesn't present itself the same as men. And it's kind of a hidden, quiet killer of women. So check that out. And, and she really gives great tips on how to reverse things. But I think the smoking is the worst. I really think just on my own side of watching all the people I know that have gone through heart disease, heart attacks, other than genetically. And, and it's the smoking thing was always there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I so agree. that's still there. And this vaping thing, 
even though it's not nicotine as much, is it as bad as smoking or is it something people it should is. watch out for? Okay. It is as bad as smoking and it's it's terrible because you know you you have all these uh uh vaping uh things that um that have candy flavor. So it appears as though it's being marketed to young people. So you want to get them hooked on this uh, nicotine, you know, while they're young so they can continue to use the product. So it's bad. It, it, it's just as bad as cigarettes. And so vaping, one should tr- not vape. Because I, 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 I have a friend who's like, oh, no, it's less nicotine. So I'm doing this to cut down on smoking. I'm like, Dr. Jackie says no. <laughs> she says no. Stay away from it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Jackie. Everyone uh, keep up with Dr. Jackie, as I said, on womenandheartdiseasebook.com. She's also on Facebook. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Dr. Jackie's here every third Wednesday. Thank you so much, Dr. Jackie. Thank you. Good. Thanks for having me. Always fun and interesting and informative. We, I am going to go eat a salad now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you hear that. <laughs> Okay, you guys enjoy your day. You too. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.